good hello oh, I was gonna say good afternoon, but we shouldn't time it, right, Carl? Correct. So it's Carl and I today. Hello. Hi. Hope you're having a good December so far. Yeah. We're in a festive mood as always, right? Coming up, we'll talk about aeronauts, and then around minute five, we'll talk about waves. Around minute 14, marriage story. Around minute 16, queen and slim. Around minute 21, uncut gems. Around minute 25, our awards for the St. Louis Film Critics Association. Around minute 42, Lynn's trip to Los Angeles with Netflix. Around minute 57, we'll talk about theater in St. Louis going on right now. And around one hour and seven minutes, we'll talk about Lynn's son, Tim, and his film retrospective. And I have not seen anything. Well, that's not true. I'm watching. I'm. I'm actually in the middle of watching what this French magazine says is the number one movie of the decade: Twin Peaks: The Return. I have four episodes left. They're saying it is a 17-hour movie, but it is that it is the debate between what TV is and what movies are nowadays. Miniseries. Hmm. Well, I know there's lots to stream right now. Netflix is winning the streaming war, I will say. No, Disney Plus is winning the streaming war. You're talking about, oh, movies. Movies. I'm talking about movies. Um, Amazon, uh, they are they have two big ones right now, The mm-hmm. Report and The Aeronauts. And they have two foreign films, Invisible Life and Les Miserables. Well, would you like to talk about one of those movies sure, right now? Sure, I will. Les Aeronauts, which um, it's the same people that did, uh, let's see, The Good Girl and uh, The Theory of Everything. Yeah, uh, I really like Eddie Redmayne and Felicity Jones together. I think Felicity Jones, in The Theory of Everything, he won the Oscar. She should have won the Oscar for that movie. Right. Well, they have a nice chemistry together. But unfortunately, this movie just fell flat for me. As much as I love balloon, uh, (laughs) a scene watching hot air balloons. It's about a hot air balloonist, correct? Right. when you see the Forest Park balloon, right? Yeah, you see the balloon all glow the and balloons the, right. and the glow. And I used to go to the Centralia Balloon Fest, and I love the majesty of that. Okay, this is about two people. One is made up, and one is real. Eddie Redmayne plays this meteorologist in mid nineteenth century England, and Felicity Jones Jones is a made up character. She is a widow heiress. Amelia, and she uh, is a daredevil balloon pilot, and obviously that's made up in the 19th century. Right, because there weren't so women. they wanted women to take, didn't do anything in no, the 19th century. They wanted to take this balloon. They wanted to take the balloon higher than ever. Okay, that's why it's called the aeronauts. Okay, so they team because up because they're astronauts, but they're just in wind power. Right. And they uh, they have calamity, so, and they, they have this jumpy style. Did this guy actually forth. try to do this? Yeah, the guy okay. actually did try to do this. But they're adding a female, so there can be a love story. Is it a love story too? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. So so anyway, Was he married. Um, I can't remember. So half of the story is so. real, half of the story is fake. Yeah, because they're they're at these, you know, they're at this, you know, this. It looks uh-huh. like when they showed the clip on Colbert the other night, it was like a stuffy party in England you know how they always have mm-hmm. the tuxes on and are the tails and, right. and, and everyone and it's one of those and I thought oh my god and so I did put in the the disc and did not watch it on the big screen that Diane told us she saw Telluride and that it's better on the big screen well obviously with Diane hot Carson air balloons from yes. KDHX she also said that she she's she saw a lot of these movies that, that are coming out now at Telluride 
and she said to see them on the big screen because she saw them on the big screen. Right. And I do agree. And it is plain. It's plain at Plaza Frontenac right now. Mm-hmm. And But it's also streaming. Right. It's the the cinematography is beautiful. Yeah. The special effects are nice. The chemistry is good between them. Well, yeah, because they this is their third film together. Right. <laughs> they I'm, have it in shorthand. It's like uh it's Jennifer Lawrence and uh Bradley Cooper. They keep making movies together. Right. And so I get it. It just fell flat for me. It just wasn't it just didn't hold my interest. That it just I have didn't no desire to see it. Move me to recommend it. So there's that. Now the <laughs> film I will recommend this week. Okay. Stand by for a second. I have no desire to see this movie. I know you don't. I you don't found out the twist. because I no. I didn't find out the twist. I found out the story. I found out the story of waves. I I don't know why I read the whole Wikipedia entry because I was fine. I because there was another movie when they screened it originally. There were two movies that night, and I didn't know what waves was. So I went to Wikipedia and I read the plot, and I said there is no way I want to see this movie and I know exactly what happens and when and to whom and what's going on how can you say that this is a it's not a feel-good movie oh no oh no it is a horrible horrible film okay well first of all I saw I this is we're talking about waves waves it's an indie darling it's hard. It's a tough watch. It's a hard film to watch it's about tough. a very difficult subject. And I I don't want to say anything about this film. You think no. it's a teen drama and then you think that there's, oh, trying to deal with parents and stuff. But it is not that. Well, it is it, two it, movies. It is. it is two movies in one. That's how dense it is. Okay. I saw it at Sliff. Okay. And when I was. It is not a good watch. Going afterwards to. You probably had the, to feel horrible. To the it, it is a long movie. To the bathroom at the the long line at the Tivoli, I heard a girl say to her friend, "It gave me all the feels." Well, yeah, as the kids say. That's what the kids say. So it does have a roller coaster of emotion. When I reviewed it last night on KTRS, I did not reveal too much because it it you, it's a big surprise. It but, is a big surprise, right? So what happens is Sterling K. Brown. Our, St. Louis our, is our a St. Louis hometown favorite. You might see him on This Is Us. Plays a different character. It's a he's not like that a likable. He is a very stern, demanding dad who is just a little far tough. away dad. Yeah, it's he's a little tough. He's well meaning, but he's tough love. Yeah. Okay. So they're they're um, he is married to Renee Elise Goldsberry, who won a Tony for Hamilton. Mm. And this is one she of was her, one of the Schuyler sisters. Yes, and this is uh, one of her first film roles. Okay, does she, she sing? No, it's not musical. Well, I would say the soundtrack's cool because it's very pop rock. Okay, it's very rock. It's very current. I would say hip hop. Okay, so this film is very innovatively shot, uh, and so it's got this energy to it of young folks mm-hmm. because the oldest boy is in high school. Now, Renee Elise Goldsberry is his stepmother because Sterling K. Brown's first wife died of a drug overdose. Okay. But they don't really go into too much detail. They just throw that line out later. Mm -hmm. So the oldest son, Tyler, is played by the fantastic Kelvin Harrison Jr. He can be seen this year in Loose, and he was also in Trey Edward Schultz, the writer-director's other movie, It Comes at Night. Okay. Oh, yeah. 
People have heard of that. Yeah. And he is going to be a star. So he is the golden boy. He is the... He's a wrestler. He's he's a jock. He gets he's good being grades. He's scouted by colleges. Right. He's so and, good at sports. And he... Uh, the family is very affluent. They live in this gorgeous home in South Florida. He ha- he drives an SUV, as all teenagers with money do these days. An Escalade, probably. And uh, he has a, a a girlfriend, and things uh, progress. He has an injury, mm-hmm. so that is so that and, and, and that's not one of the twists. <laughs> No, that's it. It, it that's, does start things though. It that's the he catalyst. Has an injury, and then things go uh, downhill from there, and, and they and really go really downhill. go downhill. And then midway, the plot shifts to the younger daughter, this is his has, sister, his sister, who is Emily, who has been in his shadow because he's the golden boy, and she's just the studious, quiet one. She's the bookworm. Right, and, and she is played by the fantastic Taylor Russell, who is also going to be a star. A remarkable performance by her. And her boyfriend's played by someone who's already a star in his young age, Lucas Hedges. Yes, and I totally forgot that he was, was in, in the movie, movie because he doesn't really show up till midway. Because I mean, that's when him, the second movie starts. Right. Well, you see him in a wrestling scene, but you don't really put... And he is this awkward... Because he's, he's one of the older... He's the older brother's friend right and the younger sister's boyfriend right and so he's awkward teenager being goofy trying to same character he was in uh (laughs) ladybird yeah but not gay okay oh oh spoiler alert you're spoiling (laughs) spoiling (laughs) ladybird and so uh anyway uh it turns it takes so many turns it takes a nasty nasty horrible turn that makes me never want to see this movie but it also shows in the second act and then with lucas hedges it takes a bunch of turns yeah i still don't want to see it it's basically the plot is about even in the darkest times there is room for compassion and growth but it's a struggle but the acting in this movie is so good and i want to talk a little bit about trey edward schultz okay did you see krisha his first movie i don't think i did Okay, well, we did get a screener, but it was one of those that nobody had heard of. But I, I put it in, and I'm really glad I did. Trey Edward Schultz has made three movies. Waves is his third, and he has tremendous problems. So he bases a lot of his movies on personal experience. So his first movie, Cretia, which came out in 2016, I think, or maybe 15, it's about an aunt that he had that went to rehab and is trying to make amends with the family. I sense but a theme here. <laughs> they are, yeah, they are not real happy with her. And she comes to a Thanksgiving, and uh, horrible things ensue. Well, not I sense another horrible. theme here. Yeah, not horrible things. Ensue, not horrible but, as in but, like in waves. But uh, let's put it like this way. Probably more people have that kind of Thanksgiving than the Norman Rockwell magazine cover Thanksgiving. My my Thanksgivings are always like August Osage County. <laughs> and I will say I've had different kinds of that too. 
So I think everybody has one of those, you know. So the aunt comes in and everybody's skeptical of her and wary of her and don't really want to get close to her. Mm -hmm. And then she tries to be good and then she can't sustain it and things go downhill from there so that was his second or first movie? first movie it's okay. his first movie and it's obviously autobiographical and he shot it in his mom's house and his real aunt played the messed up aunt oh good and he had family members in the movie cinema verite as it were yeah but he got noticed he got put on the map mm-hmm. because of this movie and his second movie was a little departure it was it comes at night right which was really good. It was good. Joel Edgerton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elvis's granddaughter. What's her? Oh, Riley. Yeah, yeah. Riley yeah. Keough. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, other and Kelvin Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm. And it's more sci-fi, apocalyptic, but it had that sense. And he wrote it after his father died. He's got so, some weird places in his yeah, life. So, so now it's waves. And I'm not saying it. It might not. It's not gonna make my top ten. But it, year, but, but if you I, see the movie, you may be moved by it. Yes, and I will say it changes your opinion on things, and also you can't get it out of your head. Yeah, that's like what I, I don't want to see it. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want those images that happen in this film. And without telling you what it is, it's just disturbing things happen in this movie. And as a father of a teenager i don't want to see it yeah well i i get that i totally get that because you know that hits you where you live and uh, um i survived uh teen years with two boys and uh, have yeah, the gray well, hair i have a girl show. i, don't I know i have movie. the gray hair to prove mm-hmm. this but i will say those yeah teen years are oh lord would you want to do it ever again no mm, yeah never. actually well, if you, boys are different than girls you might have heard boys are different i would love to be a teenager again I would, knowing what I know now. <laughs> yeah, well, knowing what I know now, I'd love to be 25 again, knowing right. what I know now. But. Speaking of uh, movies I never want to see again, I will never watch Marriage Story again. I There might be scenes that I will see in it, like uh, the song scene. I won't, I, I have no desire to see really much of Marriage Story again. Now streaming on Netflix. Would you watch it again? I was thinking about that the other day when I watched it again. Probably not. No. I'd and, probably and watch you can a appreciate couple it. scenes. You yeah. can appreciate it. I'd watch what a couple scenes again, but not the whole thing. But uh, it is in my top ten. And it it's is. A, it's in a, a, I'm it going to vote for it. Yeah, I've, I'm voting for it. We have, on Sunday, we have the St. Louis uh, Film Critics We can talk about that a little bit if you want. Yeah. Do you, have you made your list already? I've got a fluid list. A fluid list because it keeps changing? Yes, because after I saw Queen and Slim, yes. it changed. After I saw Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems, okay, okay. it, it we, that's changed. End of the year stuff. Is it opening in St. Oh, it's going to be... Christmas Day. Is, Christmas Day. Okay, Queen, Queen and Slim... Is it, open now. Is open now. And it is remarkable. Mm-hmm. It's a, But it is a message movie. Yeah. Which some people don't want to see a message movie. But it's so well done and so well acted. Daniel Kalua from Get Out. Get Out. He is so good. He just makes everything is look so effortless. Is he using so his real voice or is he's it, British? No, he's American here. Okay, so no, he's not using his real it's voice. It's Ohio. Okay. They're in Ohio, as white bread as you can get, Ohio. And he is involved in an officer-involved shooting. Yeah. It starts out, it's by a first-time Female director, uh, her her last name is Musakis. 
I think it's Melanie. I, yeah, I keep getting in, I keep getting confused with uh, Jason's man tickets because it's almost spelled the same thing, but it's Mazakis. Yes, and she has a great style. It is in your face. It starts out in a diner mm-hmm. where he is on a first date with her with a lawyer. Oh, okay. And now she is got some airs, mm-hmm. and so obviously very educated woman. Okay. And she just dishes it right back to him, and she's very blunt. Mm-hmm. And they are on their way uh, to take her home, and he does some stupid lane change that just looks dumb. Just it's just stupid. It's it's erratic lane change, and so the cop lights are on right behind him, mm-hmm. and they pull him over for not having a. Uh, for not having a turn for making, signal on. For doing the stupid lane change. Yeah, for doing the stupid lane change. Was he change. trying to impress her? I don't know what he was doing, but she looked at him like, why are you doing that? And then here come the lights. And so two black people in the car. Jody Turner-Smith. And, uh, Is that queen? Yeah, and and she's really good. And uh, Daniel Kalua is at the driver's wheel, and the officer comes out and says, uh, you know, um, Gives him the whole hard ass line, and mm-hmm. he's like, "What'd I do, officer?" Well, anyway, so he's calling in the report, saying possible DUI, blah, blah blah, and then he starts like, "Can I search your trunk?" And because she's a lawyer, she's saying, uh, "Sir, you don't have a search warrant." So they're giving the officer a little, and she's trying to film it, hard time, yeah. And then things happen. Things happen. He's trying to be very respectful, very quiet, very, like, not cause any trouble. And then he says to the officer, can we hurry up? (laughs) And the officer looks at him and he says, it's cold out here. Because he's putting him through all these hoops that are not necessary for a traffic pullover. Isn't it like Sturgill Simpson? The uh, He's the cop, right? Yeah. Okay. And... The cop immediately pulls out his gun. country music artist. Yeah. He okay. immediately pulls out his gun. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're talking about the sheriff. Oh, I don't. Sergio Simpson's the sheriff. Okay. Okay. So uh, the, the police officer turns out his gun and then just starts going berserk. Okay. Pulls it at uh, Kalua and then points it to the lawyer and the lawyer saying, I'm a lawyer, blah, 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 blah. And then he shoots the lawyer in the leg. What? Yes, and then he starts beating the hell out of Kalua, and his gun falls to the ground, and Kalua shoots him, him in self-defense mm-hmm. because the guy's beating the hell out of him. Right. And he leans back on the ground, and he's like, oh, my God, like my life is over now. Mm-hmm. And they become the Bonnie and Clyde on the news reports, and they encounter people along the way that are, it's it's – I won't say it's entertaining, but it's so well written. Mm-hmm. The encounters that they have and the racism that they feed and right. then the friends that they get. It's such a good story. I don't want anybody thinking like, oh my God, haven't Melina. we seen this before? Melina. Melina. We have not seen this before. No. Uh, and it's written by uh, Lena Waif, who you saw as an actress in uh, Ready Player One. And she was the first African-American woman to win a primetime Emmy for writing Masters of None, which was Aziz Ansari's right. show on So Netflix. well written. I'm, it's, it's making my original screenplay, and I had that pretty full. Mm-hmm. And she was also on The Chai on Showtime. 
And she wrote this, and she she's she's an Emmy winning writer. So right. this was her. This, so good, and it's look, her script. The, the look of the film is beautiful. It's now just, some people are going to be turned off by this movie. I know, and that's unfortunate. It is, and. I did not go to the screening because it was on the same night as something else. And we didn't know much about it. We weren't told much. And I don't think their trailer did them a dis... Uh, I think their trailer well, did no, them a Well, no, they're calling disservice. it a Bonnie and Clyde right. for black people. Right. So it's going to turn off people, like you said. But I highly recommend it. And it's playing everywhere. It's mm-hmm. in AMCs. It's in... It's in oh, it's, it's wide release. Yeah, wide release. And uh, it's definitely one of the... It's the biggest surprise to me of the award season. Really? Yeah, I mean, it came. Out well, of yeah, no one knows. No one knew about it. No, I'm glad we got it because mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Because after people in our group started talking about it, right? I was like, yeah, Martha Baker raved about it, and I'm like, Queen and Slim, what are you doing talking about Queen and Slim? And I know it because it just it's got that title, mm-hmm. and so I put it in, and I'm like, wow, this is what everybody's talking about. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I know Uncut Gems is Christmas Day. But Adam Sandler just blew me away. He was really great. It, that now that is cinema verite. It is very shot in the moment, and it looks like a like a documentary. Like they did it with no permits at all. And York. he's not likable. I'm not no, saying no, no, no. He no. he is playing it. You know, Adam Sandler has four characters he's playing, and he is playing one of those characters. But he's a smooth uh, New York type of. Uh, Jewelry Grifter. dude. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah like a yeah. used car salesman, but with jewelry. Right. And it's very fast talking. It's by the Safdie brothers. Yes. Benny and what's the other one's name? I know Max thinks there's only one. Max believes there's only one Safdie brother. But they did the movie Good Time with Robert Pattinson, and that made everybody look at Robert Pattinson in a new way. And I was blown away. My son Tim and I uh, put it in. in ter- Josh, and Josh and Benny. Josh and Benny. We put it because we got the screener really late. Mm-hmm. We put put it in, and we both looked at each other and went, "Wow, is this good?" They have a kinetic energy. And Eric Bogosian plays his brother-in-law, and he, it's very reminiscent of talk radio. Let's just say. Now, did we ruin that for you by tw- tweet or texting about that, or did um, you? Yeah, we did ruin it for you, didn't we? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's okay. Well, sometimes we text and people haven't seen things yet. Right. And then Dan's like, oh, I'm sorry. But it was my fault. I was the one that gave that away. And Julia Fox plays the mistress. And Idina Menzel yeah. plays his uh, long-suffering wife. I know. And I, Judd I, I, Hirsch I, I, has a very small role. And Kevin Garnett from the NBA at the time, the because it takes place in 2012, which is – and I understand why, because they wanted – it to match up with real life events yeah oh i was uh, when kevin garnett came in and they were just fine i thought oh my god and then with the, i was the never Opus. rooting for i never rooted for the boston celtics before and i was in this movie yeah no it's it's uh it has won now because the the uh year-end awards are coming out mm-hmm. it has won new york film critics yeah, but it's based Dirt in New Dirt. York. It, right. It, the, uh, not, almost the entirety of the movie takes a little bit in Philadelphia, but most of it, no, 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 a little bit in Boston and Philadelphia, but most of it in New York. So the National Board of Review gave it best screenplay and the New York film critics gave them best director. Hmm? I'm not going that route, but but I was impressed with best, that. Did he go on your acting? Did, is he in your top five acting? Yes. Uh, he, I, I dropped De Niro. 
And I dropped Bandera for you can, a price. You can put that. You can put De Niro in best special effects. <laughs> well, he's just playing De Niro. He is. And that's why playing, I thought he's not playing an Italian this time. He's playing uh, an Irishman. But I will say he's very good. He hasn't been that good in years because you know he makes like so many Comedies. horrible movies. But um, I had to drop Banderas and Eddie Murphy and Eddie Murphy and De Niro. I'm still going with Eddie. I'm still keeping DiCaprio on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my top choices for acting. Hold are, on a second. Let me get my list. Up okay. Because we're well, you know what? Let here. Let's let's. Change gears and talk about what we're voting for on on Sunday. All right. So what we're doing, actually, Max and I have colluded together. On Alita? Uh, he really, I'm going to help him out with Alita. And, he, and Frozen, uh, too? Uh, my five best picture noms are Farewell, Dolomite is My Name, Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Marriage Story. So I'm keeping Marriage Story. I'm voting for Marriage Story, but I'm putting that in number five. Do you know what your five best pictures I are? I do not, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is my number one. Okay. And um, I, I'm not sure about Parasite yet. And uh, You haven't I, seen Parasite yet? No, I did remember. Okay. I'm okay, so glad you right. saw it because I saw it to review it. Right. I'm so glad you liked it. I did. I really oh, liked it. So original. That's my oh, original that's right. screenplay. Well, uh, I have him for director, too. Oh. And I have Lulu Wang for their farewell. Did you see the farewell yet? I have, but um, I had to stop. Well, um, I have to go back and watch it because I put it on late Saturday night. And, and you fell asleep. Fell asleep. And I have to go back. Because you have, you have to, to watch it in, in. It's subtitled. Yeah. So I have to oh, go yeah, back we had because a big, we had I can't a big, make up my uh, actress list till I see Aquafina. We had a big debate on whether, but our our category is best international film. This is an American film. The farewell is an American film, and I said, fine, I'm going to vote for it for everything. I just want everybody to see Parasite. I just, oh my god, that's that reveal. Talk about a reveal, right? And, um, and then the second reveal, right? I've got. Uh, Director, Parasite, Farewell, Quentin for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Taika Wahidi for Jojo Rabbit. And you know what? I might change my Noah Baumbach marriage story for the Safety Brothers. I might still change that. Uh, actress, I've got Renee Zellweger, number one, for Judy. She's great in that movie. And then ScarJo in Marriage Story. Aquafina, number three, for Farewell. Uh, Beanie Feldstein for Book Smart, And Charlize for Bombshell. You have Charlize higher than that, don't you? I do. I do. Any other that you would act, add in that? Um, I There's two wild cards mm-hmm. that I might wind up uh, putting on my final list, and that is Mary Kay Place in Diane mm-hmm. and Jesse Buckley in Wild Rose. Okay. And you do like that movie. And I Oh, <laughs> Lynn let me borrow her neon, and then we both got – now you have two copies, but I still have one of yours. Yeah. Uh, supporting – oh, let's go to actor. Uh, I have number one actor – because I think he needs the love, Eddie Murphy in Dolomite, because I um, that's why I'm putting him first, so he'll get more points. Then Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems, uh, Joaquin Phoenix in Joker, Adam Driver in Marriage Story, and then Leo in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Because having him, because our thing is weighted, and so what is number one gets five points, and one gets one point, and f- number five gets one point. That's why I'm putting Leo as fifth, because I think he doesn't need the love, but I am supporting him. Yeah, because I don't want to leave him off, but oh my God, actor this year. Uh, and supporting I, actor. I have. Uh, I could have 10. No problem whatsoever. And especially after seeing Kahlua. 
And then, uh, so my acting is Joaquin Phoenix because mm-hmm. I want to support him. I don't think there's a braver or more fearless actor today. And then Sandler. And then uh, you need to have here's because our driver. thing is weighted. Yeah. Because our thing is weighted, and people are going to vote for Sandler and Phoenix already. You got to put. See, that's why I. But I don't think they're going to vote as much for Phoenix. That's why I got to put him top because I like oh, you. That's why with I have him three. Murph, Murphy. Putting um, see, there's there's yeah. method to that madness. Right. I don't think that Eddie Murphy was the best performance of the year, but I still want to get him nominated so people will think about it and see Dolomite. Right. Because that's what we have to do then. Well, that's why I'm putting Price. Um, okay. Two, two popes. popes. He is phenomenal as Pope Francis. It's two popes sitting around talking. Right. And both Hopkins is in my supporting. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been this good in, in years. I just, oh, it's so good. It's such a good script. I have it in adapted. My adapted screenplay. Well, hold on. Let's let's, let's finish yeah. the acting category. Yeah. So you have supporting. I've got ScarJo number one for JoJo Rabbit. Then Laura Dern in Marriage Story. Uh, Divine Joy Randolph for Dolomite. I have She's her too. great in she that movie. She is. Uh, the Grandma in Farewell. I'm not even going to try to pronounce her name. It's Zhao Shuzen. I'm right. sure that's wrong. Uh, and then I'm debating on whether to put uh, Thompson McKenzie for Jojo Rabbit or Annette Benning for The Report. Well, I've got Maggie Smith as my debate for Downton Abbey. Because it's Downton Abbey. Well, yeah, she's, but she's already won so many awards. I know, but she's so good at those quips. But yeah, my Roy's now when I do my own list, my mm-hmm. own list at year's end that mm-hmm. I publish, I do top ten in acting and I do top ten in it because that's where I'm gonna put Christian Bale for Ford versus Ferrari and uh, Eddie Murphy for Dolmite and, and all that. So, I, and Banderas for Pain and Glory. I just I can't believe how good people are this year. Uh, for a supporting actress, I put also, the flip yeah. the button on the side and then it'll work. This is my new. She has a new phone, everybody. New phone. Uh, supporting actor, I've got Brad Pitt number one for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't need to do that because, but he's the best, and he shouldn't be supporting. He should be lead. And then Joe Pesci in The Irishman. That's my only Irishman vote. I'm in going there. with Pacino. Uh, and then. Uh, uh, Song Kang Ho for Parasite. Uh, he's the dad. The dad, Mr. I, Kim. Uh, then I've got Taika Wahidi as Hitler <laughs> in Jojo Rabbit. Then Wesley Snipes in Dolomite is my name. But I'm debating uh, Alan Alda for Marriage Story. Mm. A lot of people are going, are going that way. I'm uh, um, going with Hopkins. I mean, Brad Pitt's my first. Pacino going with Hopkins. And then... Um, um. Oh, who else do I have? Brad Pitt. Well, Brad Pitt's number one. Okay. Yeah, because there's no. Question. You're going. You're going with Pacino yeah. for for Pitt, being Pacino. Um, Parasite, Marriage Story, uh, Ray Liotta, Hopkins. Oh, Anthony and Hopkins. Then, and then, oh my God, I just totally blanked on okay. who I who I have. But uh, a vote I, for Hitler. No votes. For so me. no, no. I have I have those as maybes. Okay. But I cannot remember what's what's right. higher on Screenplay, my Screenplay, I've got Parasite, Farewell, Booksmart, Dolomite, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but Max is trying to convince me to put Queen and Slim over there instead of Dolomite. Yeah. I do like Dolomite. I do too, and it's original. I thought it was adapted. My adapted list is not very long. Jojo Rabbit, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Joker, Toy Story 4, Avengers Endgame or Frozen 2. It's because it's a sequel. Sequels count right. as adapted because they're basically living off of the first one. Well, I have uh, Joker. 
mm-hmm. uh, two popes, um, and I do have Toy Story four, mm-hmm. and I have Jojo Rabbit because mm-hmm. it's based on a book. So those are my four, and then um, I was going to say either ju- uh, Just Mercy or oh, what was the that's other? the uh, that's the uh, Jamie Foxx movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I do have another one up there. It's, they're all adapted because Joker is DC Comics. Right. It's based on Batman. <laughs> yeah. And then JoJo is from a book. And um, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhoods based on that uh, Esquire article. Yeah. I haven't seen Richard Jewell yet. And that's okay. based on a magazine article. Yes, it is. That might get nominated and we'll have to watch it in the next week. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Richard Jewell's going to get more nominations, so then I got time to watch it. Because right. I have to watch Little Women tonight because I cannot That might do, change your uh, my supporting. My women. Yeah, because I hear Florence, Florence Pugh, Pugh. And I also hear Saoirse Ronan, who I like But she would everything. be lead. Right. She would be lead. Which, and, and then Max is voting. Max on Movies is voting for Emma Watson just because. Because he loves Emma Watson. Uh, and cinematography, I, that's the only thing I'm voting for 1917 for. Oh, my God. Oh, no, I'm doing best editing, too, because that movie's edited. It is edited. It is edited. I just uh, – am cinematography this year, I think I have Parasite. 10. Parasite and – Jojo uh, Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Queen and Slim. Queen and Slim. The Which Lighthouse is the only – that's the only thing I'm voting for is really? the cinematography. Joker cinematography was fabulous. Uh, the uh, cinematography in Jojo Rabbit. Farm. Oh, was wow. really you're going to vote for cinematography for a documentary? Uh, it's not making my list, but it was really good. Okay. So there's just too many. There's too many cinematography. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. The Irishman. Oh, that's my other adapted screenplay. The Irishman. The Irishman. Steve Zalian. It's because it's based on a fiction book. Yes, but also he it's did not, a, It's not a real book. It's he, a lie. He did a masterful job with that screenplay. He made it three and a half hours. I know, but that's the way it is. Right. But... Uh, the cinematography in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when the neon when it's twilight in LA and mm-hmm. the neon lights beautiful. go on oh so beautiful and just the production design is one of my favorite categories this uh, year 1917 uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Parasite Jojo Rabbit and I give you some Downton Abbey love in uh, in best production design yes um, and Joker the way it looked that 70s and Dolmite mm-hmm. I have Dolmite because Dolmite I wish we had costume category we don't have costume we do not uh, visual effects, Max and I are colluding on Alita Battle Angel. Which I never saw. And The Irishman because of the de-aging and de-aging. Avengers because well, of the final battle scene. Yeah, the Avengers for sure. <gasps> oh, that could be best scene, Avengers Assemble. That's a that's a good scene. It's a lot. I'm it gonna is. I'm going to put that in best scene. Uh, animated feature, Max is in love with Frozen 2. He says it's one of his favorite movies of the year. Uh, see... I'm saying this because Max and I are colluding on our things yeah. <laughs> and we're, we're helping each other out because we have, we do a show together. What? Uh, How to Train Your Dragon, Hidden World, Toy Story 4, Weathering With You, which was the Studio Ghibli uh, movie this year, and then Missing Link because I like Laika. I like Laika and I want them to keep making movies. And that's an ador- adorable movie. Mm-hmm. I well, like it's not great. Uh, Toy Story 4. Over Frozen 2? Yes. And uh, twice How to much. Train Your Dragon, Three World. And did you watch the Studio Ghibli movie? No. Oh, Weathering with You. And I, but I did like Penguin Highway a lot. Yeah, 
I have not watched I Lost My Body, which is now winning all these things. Did you watch Klaus? Yes, Klaus is on my five. Okay, there you go. And Missing Link or um, the grown-up one, Ruben Brandt Collector. Okay. Action film, I we only have three. John Wick, Avengers, and Alita. Uh, I will have to watch John Wick since I now have it. Oh, well, good for you. Huh? Horror film, Us, Parasite, Ready or Not, Happy Death Day to You. Even though, even though horror, I could you could argue that Happy Death Day to You is not really a horror film; it's a science fiction movie. I did watch that. I know you did. Uh, best comedy, Farewell Number One, followed by Book Smart, followed by Good Boys, followed by Jojo Rabbit. That's a good list of comedies this year. It is. I do like uh, Jojo Rabbit a lot. I don't consider Peanut Butter Falcon a, a comedy. comedy. It's not. But Dan does. <laughs> Dan really wants it to. Dan, that's Dan's favorite movie of the year. So he's going to nominate it in every category that is possible. You could say it's an action movie too, because there was a big rustling fight at the end. Uh, I don't know. What about Ford versus Ferrari? I'm voting for that for editing and cinematography. I, I haven't think. seen it, but I hear we. I heard we got it today. Um, best scene. Oh, and then worst film. Uh, best scene. I'm going to change. I'm going to say Avengers Assemble now is my favorite best scene. Avengers Assemble. I'm going to. Tell Max, and then we can do this. Uh, there's also the couch scene in Parasite, which is a joke between Max and myself. Oh, I think you guys like that because in the text thread, uh, you guys were really having a good time. Yeah, it was because it's with so that one. filthy. Uh, Adam Driver's song in uh, Marriage, Story. Marriage Story, and then ScarJo's meeting with Laura Dern in Paris in uh, Marriage Story, and then a lot of people want to see the the fight in Adam Driver's apartment. Which is not as impressive as the other two scenes, but I'm sure it's going to be nominated for best scene. Uh, Celtics game and uncut gems. That was mine. Uh, and then now I'm going to say Avengers Assemble. And then we had our worst film. What, what, you had a list. If you go to Lynn's Facebook page, you'll see her 15 favorite scenes of the year. Oh, it's actually just in the closed group. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, it's just in the closed STS, you know, St. Louis I'm not Stone on Crates Facebook, group. so I don't get yeah. to see it. Okay, my scenes uh, are the the visiting the cottage in yesterday mm-hmm. because it made every audience <gasps> who saw it gasp. And, and they were right. And that's why it's still my number one. I uh, don't know what the rest of them are going to be, but I do but think. But that one. In, for sure, that one. But I, now, I, w- I will vote for that for you, too. And I do think. Uh, uh, Elton John playing the music to Bernie Taupin's lyrics for young uh, for, for your song Rocket Man in Rocket Man when they first do that that's magical that's it, a magical scene and then uh, for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood there's three scenes that are, are wonderful the last scene the the uh, well the last scene but the one at the Spawn Ranch the one with it that's a long scene it is but it's but so but that's like that's like uh, it's like 15 minutes but it's so chilling, and you're just on edge the whole time. Yes. And then also uh, the 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 uh, one with a DiCaprio shooting that western, mm-hmm. and with a little the little girl, girl uh, who's a career child actor giving him tips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a great scene. <laughs> also, um, then we have worst film. If anyone knows has listened to any of these podcasts over the last year, they know that my worst film of the year is Midsummer, And it is going to be. And then uh, followed by The Dead Don't Die, then Dumbo. And then I'm going to put The Irishman because just to be an asshole. Because The Irishman is overrated. And so me putting it in worst film will upset so many people. 
Uh, Joy Grinnick's laughing. She says it is overrated. And Gee. well, Kent thinks that too. It is my over- colleague at the Times newspapers thinks the Irishman that. is overrated. Well, I saw it early. You know, I saw it that first screening that mm-hmm. we had for three and a half hours, and I just thought it was masterful, epic storytelling, and overrated. I enjoyed it. So it's higher on my list, but I can but, but see you, you all. I oh, can see and your I opinion. upset. I pissed Dan off so much by linking to an article that said, "Yes, the Irishman is terrible," and he's like, "That's just clickbait." And I said, "It is a valid, and everything she says in that article in the New York Post is a valid criticism of that movie, and you cannot disagree with that, Lynn Okay, well, I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to read it. But one of my college students says, "I heard it wasn't worth the time," and I said, "Well, I do think." it's worth the time, three and a half but hours i can see where hey and that, that 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 uh swedish film critic that divided it into four pieces good i i am i applaud you swedish film critic who says divide it into four pieces and you can watch it as a miniseries even though marty says no don't do that but it's and each of those pieces is 55 minutes long right right it is like a good miniseries it, it really is i i compared it to godfather one and godfather two being the, the saga into the saga the, the godfather saga which, which i and yeah max my movie's worst favorite or least favorite film of the movie of the year is stuber i know see i must have been in the the right a good mood, mood because i just found it mine there are so many things to like fun. about Suber, and then none of them happen and then also, I just didn't think about it too far. But once you start thinking about it, you're like, right. You know, I can see that. Uh, Dark Phoenix is on my worst. Topic, but uh, the Will the Will Smith double feature of Gemini Man and Aladdin are on my worst. Oh, yeah, Aladdin. No, but Dumbo Dumbo's worse than Aladdin. It is. Dumbo is worse than Aladdin. It's so horrible. Like, how'd you lose your arm, Dad? <laughs> I mean, like, there's so many things in this. They constant. What's the problem with Dumbo is they concentrate on the people and not the elephant. Right. Dumbo is a Dumbo is a minor character in his own film. Right, and it was a perfect animated movie. The first movie that my children ever saw at home on the VHS was Dumbo. Mm-hmm. And and the Michael Keaton version is awful. Are you going to vote for the Lion King for visual effects? Because no. I am. Well, you can. I'm just saying. It's, it is a visual. It is a cartoon. It is a cartoon. But it the visual effects of that are remarkable, and I'm just saying that is a. We have had so many. This is the thing about what happens at this time of year. There's so many movies to watch. That was me and, texting you. That was me saying to, we uh, have best to. scene edition Avengers Assemble. We have to. I forgot. I I did forget that. And what else did I have? There's another movie with the. Well, the Marriage Story has has so many good scenes in it. Yes, but you're right. That you'll Adam. never watch again. <laughs> yeah, Scarlett Johansson in her. Oh, that's they, Laura they, Dern. Laura Dern's office, and it's one shot. That's why it is done so well because oh, it was so one. I don't know how many takes it was, but it was one. It's a, it's a bet, much better one shot than 1917 was. Supposedly, this is the fourth collaboration for Noah Baumbach and Adam Driver. And supposedly, Adam Driver had a lot of input mm-hmm. in the setting of this because Noah Baumbach had thought about doing this movie for years. And then Adam Driver was like, well, how about you set it like their career, like he's a theater guy and, and she's a... Well, she's a theater guy yeah, too. Yeah, well, yeah. no, she, but, was, but she was in a teen movie. It's like a family within a family kind mm-hmm. of thing yeah. and that's why it resonates so much. Right. And then the... She abandoned the, one family to do another one. Yeah, and... Uh, 
uh, just to me, the ripple effects with the family, how it affects your work, how it affects your family. It's and just then when lawyers get involved, oh, never lawyers. watch it again. Oh, my goodness. But I do think probably Laura Dern's probably on the fast track there. Like, she'll be one of the five. Poor Annette Benning. She'll get nothing again. And poor, yeah, poor Annette Benning. She, she's really good in the report. She's, she's really probably the best good. thing about that film. Yeah. And it's not that Adam Driver isn't good. she's playing Diane Feinstein. <laughs> yeah. It's not that Adam Driver isn't good. It's that it's there's boring. too many other people. And, and there's it, too many other people to consider this And that year. film's boring. It is. And, and he's just doing his perfunctory job he's, he's, as the as the policy and he's good wonk. at it and yeah. he's good at it yeah. all right let's tell people where you and max foise and kevin steincross were on monday well you were late so you missed all the good stuff but no not, i did not you, i did not i just missed the cocktail party at the hotel oh. i missed were no wesley snipe no i got to do that you stuff. got to see wesley snipes okay. and eddie murphy and Neil Long. yeah Okay, right, so, so I just so wrote this it for is, everybody. Yeah, That's so <laughs> I was at the celebration of black cinema as a guest of Netflix who is heavily promoting Dolmite is My Name. Which I love. Uh, they had uh, the shindig started 5 p.m. cocktail party at the hotel, 6 p.m. board the shuttle for the event at the Landmark Annex in Hollywood. And that's when you And got that on. was the Black Cinema Awards which they honored four people. And then the post reception was still at the Landmark Annex. So I got to partake in all that. I was late because of my Southwest Airlines flight you chose having some problem in, in DC. New York because the East Coast got flooded. Or not flooded, right. but they, well, they had I, storms on. Yeah, I thought it was weather, but actually it was some mechanical thing in D.C. Mm-hmm. So I was two hours late, and then I got to LAX during rush hour, which is its own brand of hell. Yes. And then there's a new Uber line, which is... Yeah, which is nowhere near... Yeah. Seriously crazy. People have been talking about that online for uh, the last two weeks. I thought I will never get to the hotel. I got to the hotel just when the critics were boarding the shuttle. And Max saw you and said, hey, look, it's Lynn Venhouse. And I didn't even check in. They kept my bags and I just Did went you? And, and you saw Kevin Stein across as well. Yes. And so we all sat in this audience. We were in the back. Mm-hmm. For this uh, thing, they honored uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor and Don Cheadle introduced uh-huh. him. They honored um, Nia Long and Chaz Ebert, mm-hmm. Roger Ebert's widow, mm-hmm. introduced her. And John Singleton's daughter, Justice, mm-hmm. showed up on stage. To introduce? To, uh, to talk to Nia mm-hmm. because of their connection with Boys in the Hood. Right. So that was touching. And Max Foyze talked to her, and you took pictures of Max talking to her, and they are very unflattering of Mr. Foyze. <laughs> I was going to get my picture taken with her, but she had to run, and mm-hmm. then she wound up talking to a bunch more people. But it's okay. So, um, and then Ruthie Carter, the great costume designer, mm-hmm. yes. she introduced Eddie Murphy, and he killed. He came out was so funny it was like he was riffing i mean he was very now, was he doing his because he's working on a stand-up special do you I think know. he was workshopping could be but he was very respectful at first and thanked everybody for the award and he was very honored and touched you know and what all he that. doesn't do anymore and i i've been looking for it since he was on with seinfeld and i even watched that thing with uh joy reed and with him and seinfeld uh he doesn't do his laugh anymore 
<laughs> he doesn't do that anymore, and I haven't he heard him do that. And I, I watched, I watched the Netflix special with, I watched comedians in cars, and I was waiting for him to do. <laughs> and then I watched the Joy Reid another forty-five minutes with those two together, and then I watched him in Dolomite. But the, he was playing a character in there, so that's that's his natural laugh. But I have not heard him do this since he came back around into the public eye in the last what eighteen months. Yeah, I've been waiting for it. Did he do his signature no. 1980s deep voice laugh? That I've been waiting for that. And if I would have been there, I would have asked. I would have asked Eddie, "How come you don't laugh like that anymore?" Well, he uh, he was great though. He he was great. So he um, uh, they showed a clip career a career clip reel a first. Reel. A sizzle reel. Yeah, and did it they have was... scenes of coming to America? No, no, because it's. Because I think he, Wesley Snipes, and uh, uh, Arsenio Hall are working on that. Is that now or is that no? That's coming it's coming up because uh, I talked to Wesley Snipes about that. So oh, I'll did tell you? you about that. Yeah. So um, they showed they showed they a sh- highlight reel. They showed the highlight reel as they if showed, Eddie were dying. Well, and they showed uh, his clips from SNL Gumby. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. He's hosting Saturday Night Live in December twenty first. Yeah. Uh, they showed. Uh, Buckwheat, mm-hmm. okay. Mr. Robinson's neighborhood, Mr. Robinson's neighborhood, and something else. The it guy on been death the James row. Brown hot tub. Oh, okay. And uh, maybe something else. I can't remember, but they were all really. I want to kill my landlord. C i l l kill my landlord. They were all so funny. Yeah. And so the minute he walked out, everybody just stood up. So mm-hmm. it was kind of hard to see. Well, yeah, but because then, it was yeah, it was honoring know, him, right? And so. Uh, he was very respectful. And then Ruth, uh, Nia Long had done a big thing and it was really important. Mm-hmm. It was about how even today in the makeup and hair trailers, the, they, they don't will, know how to do wha- the, black the, women's hair. Yeah. And she talked about how she has to wear a wig because they don't know how to straighten her hair or, mm-hmm. or they don't have the right shades for makeup even today. Really? And that the producers and stuff. So she did this whole thing. She got, she was reduced to tears. She was like crying. She was talking about like, how, please. Uh, you know, yeah. We've come so far, but yet we still can't do these basic things. Right. So it's, so I was really not impressed we. with that because I, I didn't even think struggle. about that. Like in 2019, this mm-hmm. is still going on. <laughs> so then Eddie Murphy came out and did this riff about Sidney Portier's hair and guess who's coming to dinner. <laughs> And everybody was like rolling on the floor. And it was you think you think it was stream of consciousness? You think it wasn't rehearsed? Well, it just sounded like it was stream of consciousness because it was after Neil Long's speech. Right. And so he <laughs> he ad libbed it, probably. Yeah, and it was so funny. And he, he was just dropping MFs and Fs and everything and every he had everybody rolling on the floor and it was like fresh five minutes and you forget how it just was how vintage raw Adam Murphy or is. delirious yeah. he is. Yeah, how just oh, and they showed in the clip reel they had delirious and raw in and there too. With with the uh, was he in the pink jacket or the, the red. red jacket? Yeah, the mm-hmm. red. And so you forget, but he just was like it was just like so fluid and effortless and he had everybody rolling and he wrapped up I guess they had a time whatever and then we thought we were going to be at this reception with him but he had a QA and a at this other theater and mm. he had to go so we didn't get to hang with him but thank you all for coming but I am standing talking with Max mm-hmm. at the bar and uh, Max says to me 
Wesley Snipes is right behind you. So I turned <laughs> to Wesley Snipes and I, I touched, which, which I don't like to, you know, I thought, you oh touched my God, him. how rude. And I go, Mr. Snipes, I just want to say how I, how much I enjoyed your performance in Dolmite is my name. And he was. Then he turned around and yeah, said, why, thank you. Yeah, he was very genuinely touched and responsive. And then Max came over and shook his hand. And we stood there and talked to him. And I said, what are you doing next? And he said, well, coming to America. Coming to America. And then he said, you know, he was doing that. And then uh, he said that he was going to be a villain in a new film. Mm-hmm. And I forget that because I was just so impressed with how he was talking with us, like just chatting. Did Max do get nerdy and say, are you going to be in the new Blade with Mahershala Ali? No, he didn't. Sure, and and uh, I thought about that, but I did. And then he and Max were so talking. it would be so great if he was in that. Um, uh, for Dolmite, he and Max were talking about certain scenes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wesley Snipes got a kick out of like we knew, you know, like how we talked about these scenes. And then I said, every St. Louis critic singled you out in, in their reviews and he said well I really appreciate that he seemed generally honored he's and really good in that movie yes you forget he is. how funny he is oh my god it was so funny and then he's been doing action movies for the last several because years. we were having such a nice chat with him we hadn't asked him for a you know selfie yet so we were gonna say like hey could we get your picture then he had to go and no he got mobbed by people. And so we were kind of pushed out because as soon as everybody noticed he was there. talking, Yeah, because mm-hmm. here we were standing there and then all of a sudden everybody was like, oh my God. And then they were running for him and then that was it. And then that's the same thing that happened with Nia Long. She was always surrounded by people. Not but, the pictures you took. <laughs> but then Max got up there and then I took some pictures and then I was going to get a picture with her. But then everybody, she, got she just got mobbed. And then uh, one of the Champagne, Illinois, film critics introduced Max and I to Chaz Ebert. Oh, and that Roger was Ebert's awesome. widow. She is a wonderful woman. And she was like to the champagne because she was like on she's her way a, out. She's an African-American woman. Yeah, and she is a driving force in black cinema. Right, apparently. she is. And if you watch the documentary. Because you on, were at the celebration of black cinema in Hollywood. Right. If you uh, watch the documentary that Steve James made about Roger Ebert called yes. Life Itself, so good. Mm-hmm. Such a good documentary. They had a, where, and at the end of his life, she was doing everything for him yes and they were they met they were uh late in life married yes couple and uh but man their bond was whoo and she she carries on his legacy because that yeah rogerebert.com right and then she goes around well there's this film festival in champaign urbana every year really? and it used to be called the over the roger ebert overlooked film festival but then filmmakers got upset about overlooked oh, over, in the title right. but they pick films that should be regarded but you need to people, see these movies right people forgot about them and uh she's in charge of that and so because this woman was from champagne she goes i'll introduce you so we got an intro to chance and she was just lovely and uh, we were so happy with that we were just like happy and then pretty much that was I, like i never did see chuettle edgy four or don Cheadle or any of those any of those uh, guys, other after famous that. people, but we just we just had such a good time. And Max saw Tracy Letts out of it. <laughs> Did he see him at the airport? No, he got an interview with him through I think uh, Netflix. Netflix. Okay, he was yeah he's smoozing the uh, Netflix people. Yeah, so I don't know how that happened, but I will say Netflix has four movies right now that are serious contenders. 
Dolomite is my name, Marriage Story, The The Irishman, and The Two Popes. Ah, and Klaus. And Klaus, that's five. So they they are really on a roll, but... They are promoting their films very, very heavily. As they should. and Because they, they did win a Best Picture nomination, and it was nominated for the most films, and it won Best Foreign Film last year. So it did win Best Picture. It won Best Foreign Film last year. Yeah, and they are... And Roma is a really good movie. Beautiful cinematography. And, uh, and remember Mudbound a couple years ago? That was mm-hmm. the female cinematographer that went on to uh, shoot uh, Black Panther. And so over the years, they've really been coming up. And Amazon Studios, they have... They're um, doing stuff too. They, they, they're doing they movies. Have the report. They're pushing the report hard. I think probably their TV series are... Uh, if you, if you want to compare them, Fleabank. probably Netflix's films are doing better than Amazon Studios' films, but Amazon's uh, series are doing I better. I don't think so. Well, I don't Mrs. think that's though, true. Mrs. Maisel? Mrs. Maisel, yeah, but you have to compare that to Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But or, I'm just or saying House Emmy of Cards yeah. or Orange is the New Black. Oh, yeah. Bojack Horseman. I'm sorry. I should not say that. <laughs> That's okay. It's just because right. I don't have That's... time to watch the TV shows. Right. But, and you are in the CCA. But yeah. you, but you are, you've been relegated to the, are you getting movies? Are you getting right. TV stuff I, too? Um, we had a, vo- we had a, you a have pick. to pick. We had to pick this year what we would vote on. Okay. And I picked uh, movies movies and documentaries. Oh. I did not go with TV because that is a burden. It's just too, that, it's too it, much. It's too much. Especially since I cover theater. Right. Oh, speaking, speaking of, of theater, theater. Let's talk about let's that. Go, let's, uh, let's talk about your thing that you saw at Metro Theater. It is a radio play called It's a Wonderful Life. You might have heard of it. They showed it on NBC last weekend. I know. And this is a wonderful adaptation by this terrific actor in town named John Wolbers. And he has done this before where he has adapted shows. And it's an only, instead of the three-hour slog that you're going to get on NBC, it's a nice tight one hour. Right. It's 50 minutes and then they do a wonderful callback. And it's some of the best actors in St. Louis. And it is charming and delightful. And the premise is they're in St. Louis they're a radio station. They're about ready to do this, and they have things happen in their personal life that kind of parallel. It's a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. So you have not cr- that it's a wonderful life hasn't been parodied and paralleled in every. It's very derivative, and it, it it lends itself to that too. Right, and it does have St. Louis references, which is nice. But Abraham Shaw, Alicia, uh, like Alicia Revy, like. Mm-hmm. Abraham Shaw, Nicole Angeli, and um, oh man, I'm blank. But there's no singing in it. No singing. No, it's all it's all theater actors. Yes, but they're just all charming, and the costumes are great. The set is great, and it's very Christmassy. It runs through December fifteenth, and it's at the Grandel Theater. And like Carl said, it's just a tight hour. You're you're in and out in an hour. Good. Which is wonderful. And so many families were there. Mm-hmm. And the kids seemed to really enjoy it. And during the Q&A, they took a lot of questions from the kids. Oh, good. In the audience. Are Metro, you an angel? Yeah, Metro Theater Company. Every time an angel. <laughs> do they, is that line in there? Um, yeah, they have a lot. Zuzu Petals? Yeah. You get to do something with Zuzu Petals afterwards if you want. I can't remember. Oh, ring, a, ring a bell with her? Yeah, it might be that. Oh, it's cool. Yeah, like, and if you donate, you get to do that. I think maybe that's it. Um, I, I also just... saw I also saw a play this weekend. 
that I had not seen in two runs. Wicked comes here like every two years. Yeah. And I've this is now the second or third time that I've seen Wicked. And it's it's an amazing story. It is one of the few things that is better than the source material. Wicked the book by Gregory Maguire is a slog. And I will use that word. It is a not well-written book. The play by Stephen Schwartz, is that who it is? Stephen Schwartz is the lyricist and everything. But Winnie Holtzman... Are, oh, she is the book writer, and she was one of the 30-something writers. She, the, they took a mess of a book, and, and don't even get me started on Son of a Witch, which is the sequel to that. If you think, oh, well, I, I really enjoyed the play Wicked. I'm going to read the book. Save yourself some time. Do not do that. You will just be disappointed. It, the play is Gregory Maguire is making so much money off of the play that – he does not need to have anyone read his book anymore. No, what's interesting about Wicked, it did win the Tony in 2004, and one of the greatest Tony moments of all time was Idina Menzel singing Defying Gravity. I will play that clip once in a while just because it's so uh, wonderful. But I heard a backstory about Wicked um, that Stephen Schwartz was banned from the theater. <laughs> for looking at the young ladies? <laughs> no, I think looking for at just the young interfering men? too much oh. with the production. It, uh, it, oh, did I say it won the Tony? It did not win the Tony It didn't win the Tony? No, guess what beat it? Uh, no idea. Spring Awakening? Avenue Q. Oh, Avenue Q. Let's say that's another great movie. That's another great. I know, but it was so shocking that it did not win the Tony, and it's still it's been on Broadway for fifteen yeah, years. But Avenue Q just closed last year, right? Well, Avenue Q is very clever. It's but, amazing, but a wicked. You know, it's just like it's this, it's St. Louis's favorite play of all time. That's why it's running four weeks because they can fill it every right. Night. They can, and so which one of the ladies won Best Actress? Idina Menzel. Idina Menzel won, and supposedly she and. That's not true because they do stuff together all the time and they take pictures and everyone thinks that they hate each other. And I love me some Chenoweth. I love Kristen Chenoweth. Yeah. Oh, my God. That song Popular is just so wonderful. And uh, let's talk about St. Louisans who've been involved in Wicked. Norbert Leo Butts was the original. uh, Uh, Scarecrow. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Fire. What's his Fierro. name? Fierro. Fierro, Fierro. And then Adam Lambert, the great American Idol contact that's now the voice of Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, he played Fierro. He played, he was an understudy for Fierro. Oh, really? Yeah, in San Francisco. And he quit because he was Idol. just in the ensemble to try out for Idol. Mm-hmm. And came and in he second place. Won. He should have won, but he's he, who's laughing now. Mm. Yeah, uh, Adam Lambert is. And uh, Yeah, and so there's that St. Louis connection. The, the, this is a, my wife saw the last one that was here a couple years ago, and she said that one of the leads was weak. Mm. This time she saw it, because my wife and I went the other night, and she said, you do not have that problem. Both leads are strong. And I agree that both leads are strong. One is, of course, of course, Alphaba is a, it's a better role. It's a better sure. role than Glinda and, and has better songs, even though, even though Glinda has popular, but Glinda has not as much to do as Alphaba because it's about Alphaba. Yeah. She has a story arc. And the problem with the iconic musical from 2004 is that you hear Idina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth singing in your head when you do that. But 
I do say the girl that plays Elphaba in this current production, she overcame, she overcame that. The girl playing, unfortunately, the girl playing Glinda, I still hear Kristen Chenoweth because, you know, as I just said, I love me some Chenoweth. She, I still hear. But then the, that's the character. And, I, and she's also a lot taller than Kristen Chenoweth because Kristen, Kristen Chenoweth is like 4'11". Right. And so this one, she's much closer in size to Elphaba, even though Elphaba's taller, but she's also got the high-rise boots. I, 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 enjoyed, I enjoyed Wicked at the Fox, and there's a reason why it is St. Louis's most popular musical and has seen the most people. In, I, with the Fox had some record last time that the most people have seen this more than any other musical in St. Right. Louis history. I think they broke a week record, like the all-time uh, tour mm-hmm. theater for, and a lot of people are going there for Christmas because it's there for four weeks. Right. And there are still some people that haven't seen it. I've seen it six times. The first time. <laughs> yeah. Six times. I know. That's why I let somebody else go mm-hmm. last night. And I'm glad. Uh, okay. So last night, I mean, uh, the first time I saw it on was Broadway. in Chicago. No, I mm-hmm. didn't see it on Broadway. Um, Our I, friend Julie Lally saw it on Broadway. I'm like, oh, did you see it with Idina and Kristen? No. Well, that that's the one you wanted to see. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I saw it in Chicago at the Ford Theater, and this was on its first national tour. Or Chicago got it before St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So my friend got us tickets. Was that but, Idina and Kristen? No, no. It was Stephanie J. Block, who is a Tony nominee in her own right. Mm-hmm. She was the first Alphaba on the road, and she has been in a ton. She's been at the Muni. Mm-hmm. She's been in a ton of things. And she's regarded as one of... She played Cher. She was... Oh, she was one of the three shares on Broadway? Yeah. And... Uh, there are there are three shares in that Cher show. Yeah. And so she's... she. I saw her on Broadway in The Mystery of Edwin Drood, and she, mm. was, she was nominated for that. Anyway, she's often Tony nominee, and she was the she first... She was the first Alphaba. And, and I can't remember who the Glenda was, but uh, we had... Glenda. It's But Glenda. Th- these were like my, my oldest, dearest friends, mm-hmm. and... Because it was so popular, we had to sit in single seats. Oh. And I was up close in a seat near the Flying Monkeys. Oh, good. And, and yeah, first, because in, in New York, the theater is really small, and the monkeys were, like, close to you. Right. So Not well, so much the, at the Fox. In, in, well, in Chicago, this was a big theater. But I didn't know that the, the Flying Monkeys come out, and they stand very still, or crouch mm-hmm. very still, the whole prelude before the show. So they're really creeping me out. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my God, these flying monkeys. And then when you see the big uh, clock come mm-hmm. out and the big everything, it was just The phenom- clock that goes it, to 13, by the way. It was just phenomenal. It was like, oh my God. So that was the first time you the saw first it. Time. And, and then it came to the Fox, so then I was you prepared. You went again. I was like... And then you went again. Has it? It's never been to the Muni, though, has it? No, and I... Well, I don't even. You think don't you want can it get to. Those. Well, no, I don't think you can get those rights. But uh, maybe Mike Isaacson can work as manager. Well, yeah, you think they would have done it for the hundredth? Kinky Boots, Kinky Boots uh, was on great performances the other night, mm-hmm. and Cindy Lauper was there. N- no, but it still brought back the how good the Muni one was this season, and it just oh because this was the London performance mm-hmm. and they were good but I still think that Muni cast was so it was my daughter's favorite uh, theater event last year it was amazing and then what else is going on in St. Louis oh Pride and Prejudice opens tonight at the Rep at the Rep and I'm very anxious to see it my daughter is reading that the manga version of that 
right now. Aha. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it'll be interesting to see because the Miss Bennett's Christmas one they did a couple years ago was so delightful and charming. So this is the original source material. Nice. So the rep is, you know, is really got an energy, a new energy. So I'm really excited about that. And what else is happening? Oh, something about Gesso Magazine. You yes. Wanted to mention. Okay. So uh, next week at SWIC, December 15th, uh, they're having a retrospective of my my late son Tim's films, yes. short comedy comedies. That's what he was known for. He was known for bizarre, dark comedies in his <laughs> like his mother <laughs> in his thirty five years, his thirty four years. He died last December, and so his professor at Swick thought he was the most productive and one of the most talented kids he ever met. So. All his films are going to be shown, including the new one we made, and we talked about this before, Dad Eat Dog. Dad Eat Dog. He wrote it for his MFA in screenwriting at DePaul, and we shot it in December. And so Gesso Magazine is on the east side. It's an arts and culture magazine. It is like the RFT distributed in coffee shops and Mm -hmm. restaurants and entertainment venues, and it is online today. So you can go to Gesso Magazine and uh, Dan Cross, Tim's mentor, wrote an article about Tim that had me laughing and crying. Mm-hmm. And he did interview me. So, uh, so if you when see, is when's the retrospective? That's on the fifteenth of the fifteenth, three p.m. at Swick. It's open to the public and it's free. Nice. And we're going to premiere the movie Daddy Dog, starring Spencer Sickman, Shane Signorino. Uh, Joe Moskis and Tom Stockman are the villains. Mm-hmm. They're hilarious. And our own Dan Buffa has a role as well. And Carl is in it. Shh, it's a secret. He's he's playing the psychiatrist on the voicemail. I'm a vo- I'm a voicemail act or I'm a VO actor. Yes, and Voice Laurie over. McConnell is in it. Laurie and, Mack. And so is uh Paul Cook, Paul my Cook from Y ninety eight. He plays the voice of the dog Bongo. Awesome. All right, let's say goodbye. Next week, uh, next week is going to be tough because next week there are we will have to see a lot of movies because we'll have to vote for them for our see what we told you like fifteen minutes ago about all the things we're nominating for. Then we have to uh, vote, and you have to have seen. Four of the five, or is it three of the five three to vote? Three of the five to vote. So you don't know what's going to be nominated. And if you want to vote in a category, you have to make sure that you have seen three of the five. So, like, if Waves gets voted and I have not seen, I'll have to see another movie. So I don't have to watch Waves. So it's very interesting what we're going to do. Um, next week, opening up is uh, Jumanji The Next Level. Richard Jewell, Black Christmas, and Lynn's favorite, The Two Popes. So there will be movies that you can talk about. And I haven't seen any of the Jumanji's. And it was like, oh, you should see the first one. I'm like, oh, Robin Williams? No, no, the first one with The Rock. And I said, that's not the first one. That's the second one. I saw the one with Robin Williams, but I have not seen any of The Rock ones. Well. And I won't be going Monday night either. So we'll probably watch Richard Jewell. And you've already seen Two Pups. Are they screening Black Christmas for us? I'm not sure. And I just want to know if that's the original horror movie from 1976. I don't think. I'm not sure. Uh, if it is, it had Olivia Hussey, who played Juliet. In yeah, Romeo, and, Romeo Juliet. and Juliet. It was one of the most terrifying movies I've ever seen. It was a sorority house horror movie. 
and uh i'm not sure there's a killer in the closet i i think that, that I, I maybe it is the same movie they changed the name of it it used to be it was a different name I think it was Stranger in the House or something like that. I don't know what it was. But then they changed it to Black Christmas. Or maybe they changed the Black Christmas to another movie Mm -hmm. title. And it was so good. It's still one of my all-time favorite horror Horror movies. movies. And you hardly ever hear of it. So then when I saw Black Christmas on the list, I was like, is that the same one? Mm -hmm. Maybe. That's terrifying. All right. Well, we will talk next week, and uh, we'll talk about... Lynn's one of Lynn's favorite movies of the year, Two Popes, and we'll find out what we have to nominate next year. So you can yes. my name is Carl Middleman. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Carl the Intern. You can hear me on Max on Movies on their podcast. And you can hear me for now in the Entercom family of radio stations, usually on the weekend report where I do a movie review. I'm reviewing the Irishman this week on their video page. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it's fun. Is that with uh, Tony Colombo? Yeah, that's right. Tony, because he used to be at 97.1. He still is. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, he's he, on the he, Dave Glover show. Well, he knows his movies. He does. When I used to judge that Dave Glover show mm-hmm. film festival. He was there. He was there. A friend of are with Max Voisey as well. Right. And well, we're going to have fun. Your uh, name is? Lynn Van House. And, and where can we I'm find on, you? I'm on the uh, socials, but I'm also in the timesnewspapers.com, which is West End Word, South County Times, and Webster Kirkwood Times. And I am on KTRS. Every Thursday every night. every Thursday night. And this week is going to be fun because the Golden Globe nominations are Monday. Mm. We are... We announced ours on Sunday. For the last, yeah, I know. We announce ours on Sunday, and then and then the Golden Globes are, and then the broadcast film critics, mm-hmm. of which I'm now called Critics Choice Association. Critics Choice. They announce on Sunday or Monday too. So we'll have a lot to talk about next week, yes. and we'll have a third person. I promise. Well, no, I'm not promising you. Um, my sister's in town. I'm going to try to get oh, her. Oh, well, let's see. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.